0: Hi, my name is John and my name's Chris and, and this stay is Stay on, on Target. Hey everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com.
1: That's right, John. This week we are talking about the return of E3 in
0: 2023. 2023 E3. <laughs>
1: Um, they have already announced and, but there are some possible, uh, some changes. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Plus we have some news, the news. but first John, what have you been up to this week?
0: Man, not much. Um, it's, uh, so it's, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a boring time for me over here. Um, but man, what have I been up to Chris? Um, Man, so um, I've barely got a couple matches in on Apex Legends, but Chris, can I can I like I will regale you with the tale of Apex Legends for the last two weeks, right? So at the midway point of this season, they did a a kind of the mid mid season update, and I got on after that mid season update, being like, all right, sweet, let's do this, and input lag like no other. Mm-hmm. Um and so like to the point where like, as one anim- like animations could not um, play on top of each other or one, inter- one animation couldn't interrupt with another one, but only on Xbox. So f- like it was basically unplayable for me for like a week and a half, two weeks, because everybody else like that was non-Xbox players would be like experiencing zero lag and it was totally normal. And uh, and on mine it was lag. There was a couple of workarounds that did like had like varying degrees of success. You could plug in your controller directly, which you know at that point it's like, well, that's lame. Um, but or you could use an old Xbox One controller. So it was only on the series controllers like the series Mm. x series Mm -hmm. s controllers and it was just it was just super weird um made the game like super hard to like be competitive at but with the workarounds i was i was fine for you know a couple of days there but i after the 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 latest they did like a a a short like hot hot fix um and uh and it's good all good now um but it's just it was just very strange (laughs) interesting because at first, like, you know, whenever, like, something like that happens and you're, like, am I just, like, sleepy right now? Or is, is, like, what's happening? Like, is this my game? Do I need to reset my internet? Like, I can't tell you how many times that first night that I, like, rebooted my Xbox. <laughs> it was about four times i was like "Well, let me clear the cat like change the mac address let's see you know reset the whole internet in the house you know so like just to try to get you know some sort of a like thinking it was my on my end like my box wasn't interfacing with the servers well enough but it was not it was on their end so yeah that's what i've been up to this week chris what have you been up to this week
1: <laughs> all right well uh i think the main thing is i went to uh the drive-in theater and saw Jurassic World um Dominion. Ooh. And um it was uh it was it was all right. Aggre- it was it was aggressively okay. I
0: I hear some really big hesitations in your voice, Chris. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't the best movie that
1: I've ever seen and it's definitely not the best movie in the uh the Jurassic Park or World uh series. It was fun. Um, if you're looking for just a good time, uh, go see that movie. If you're looking for, um, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's decent.
0: There it's was all the, I
1: get without the, spoiling it. That's all I can really say, but there
0: was a, f- a friend of mine, um, who went to see it. And then the the person like with them leaned over at one point and was like, where are all the dinosaurs?
1: Yeah. I mean, there is that piece of it. Um, <laughs> definitely uh there's it's it's questionable what who the villain is i mean it, like this is the thing so like the last movie wasn't that great either but at least it, it was it revolved around dinosaurs and it asked and they a set cool up, question at the end yeah it, that and it set up this like what seemed like was going to be a uh, really cool movie premise where it's like all the dinosaurs have now escaped, yeah, and they're out in the world with, the, with everyone else. And you know, what are you gonna do? And yeah. that, you know, like, uh, that was like kind of addressed, you know, or like not really, like, but like, I mean, they showed you know, dinosaurs living with people and stuff like that, but it wasn't really like it was just kind of like, oh, they're here now and we're coping with them. But like, we're talking about like there's a scene where. There's dinosaurs get loose in in this random like town square and they're just gobbling up people, but then people are just walking around like normal. I'm like, this is like we would have gone into like the I feel like the the Stone Age almost. Like we would have like or bunker. It's like the end of times. Like well, we're talking so- about like a, an apocalyptic kind of scenario where we would have created. Huge societies where there are no dinosaurs and all this kind of like there would be the dinosaur lovers. It just, it didn't do I mean, anything that it should have done.
0: Yeah, I mean even like so, man. So I think about like how like Planet of the Apes, like those movies, like handled yes, like what they're doing. It should have been um, like that. Yeah. And then like, because like the first one, you're like, oh man, where's this going? And then on the second one, it's like, oh my goodness, we are so far removed from that. Like what happened to that last one. I, I love, you know, I love this. What's happening here? And I feel like that's where we were at the end of the second one where I was like, we need like a time jump and we need to be like, basically you enter into the the, the world and you're like, what has happened? because yeah. you know, because it's so drastically different, but uh yeah, it doesn't sound like that 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 took off this was- uh Trevorrow, right
1: Colin Trevorrow, yeah, i mean he he did the others, well, but he like, didn't do
0: the second one, I think somebody else did the second one, right mm,
1: mm. I don't remember I'd have to look look i'm gonna again. look it up all right, um, but yeah, like I you know it's it's a you know it's it's a it's I, I wouldn't call it a waste of time or anything, but it just like was not. What I what I really wanted.
0: Yeah, I mean, like and that's a, that's it's just a bummer. Um, I love the original Jurassic Park, man. It is great. Uh, how are, how was the returning cast? Uh,
1: returning cast right is there. good. I'm I'm still not like, I wasn't sold on her in um in the Last Jedi either. Just like her acting. Um, but uh, Laura Dern didn't impress me here either. It feels like she's acting the rest of the cast did great um and it was great to see them all together regardless oh yeah, yeah. Um, and i think they did a good job of like respecting who the characters are and were and like that all felt really good um i just uh like i wish we had done something cooler with them um and, and like the and the older character like those characters don't meet like chris pratt's character um until later and like so like the newer characters they're all just kind of separate but then then like they kind of like i don't know it's just it was it's weird dude it's hard to describe without getting really spoilery okay um,
0: okay well i'll have to but, watch it it doesn't have good good reviews on anything metacritic yeah. rotten tomatoes IMDb, like none of it no like people aren't yeah. super into it um no. so and um, i went
1: in with an open mind like i went in like i didn't go in being like i'm gonna hate this
0: movie right you Right. Know? Well, I guess, like, and the other thing was Fallen Kingdom didn't have uh, great reviews either, but I actually kind of liked uh, where it where it ended up. Like, I think, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's just, it. I liked the first chunk. I didn't like the middle chunk, but I liked the back, like, the last where we ended with Fallen Kingdom. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. It was actually done by somebody else. It was done by J.A. Uh, Bayona,
1: mm. um,
0: and who has done some, like, looks like some some horror stuff um and and yeah jurassic world we've got um penny dreadful we've got keen the impossible yeah so it's like there's a you know and and that's the thing I, i this was like trevorrow coming back to the franchise or whatever and so I guess it kind of doesn't surprise me that we just kind of like left that, left that hanging out, you know, and it was like, oh, we'll mm-hmm. just do do our own other thing. It feels kind of similar to the way that like Star Wars ended up like the sequel trilogy where like you had like, oh, here, uh, let's start some things. Somebody goes off, and you know, off to the side and then it's like the returning director kind of goes like, okay, we'll disregard all that and <laughs> we're going to do this now.
1: Yeah. And it just wasn't a good like, re- you know, like if that was the goal, it wasn't a good replacement. I don't know. It, it, uh, it did, it does, a, it does what it does. That's really all I can really say about it.
0: So if, you know, recommendation, do you see it? Don't see it?
1: I mean, if, if you want to see, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to offend you or be terrible in any way. It's just like not, you know, a, a great or anything that I really want it to be.
0: Cool. Cool. I'll still check it out whenever it comes, comes out on, uh, <laughs> you know, on digital. Right. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I think it's time for the news. The news. The news. Yes. Um, where do you want to start here, Chris?
1: Um, okay. So uh, let's,
0: well, let's go ahead and start with
1: uh, your news real quick.
0: Okay, so the only thing here is the Skull and Bones video game from Ubisoft is back. Nice. And it has a release date. And I didn't think we were ever going to see this this video game ever again, Chris. Um, because uh, it was This in- is the
1: pirate game where you control a ship and you're going around. You can get like this armada and, mm-hmm. you know, you shoot cannons at each other. It basically looks like the, it's made by Uzov, but it kind of looks like the, uh, just the boat gameplay from Assassin's Creed.
0: Yeah, from Assassin's Creed. And th- that was why I didn't think it was going to return. It's like they had the boat gameplay in Assassin's Creed Black Flag and everyone loved it. And this was a spin out of that where it was like, okay, well, everyone loved this thing. We're going to make this game. And then it was announced in 2017. It was supposed to come out in 2018. It never came out. And they didn't really say much about it in 2018 other than that it had been delayed. And uh, then subsequent like, uh, Assassin's Creed games have like huge portions of the game at, with the ship combat, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like so much of that game is like this ship combat stuff, um, and so I was just like, man, I feel like they probably just rolled all of whatever they did with uh, with Skull and Bones or whatever they're gonna do in that into the ship combat stuff in Assassin's Creed, and that's it. That's that. Like we were never gonna hear about this game again. But Chris, it's back. They mm. have a release date, and uh, I have I, I the trailers that I watched made me even less interested in it than I was before. <laughs>
1: interesting
0: um but yeah so it's supposed to come out on let me get November 8th of this year so nice coming out soon man yeah um, but that's that news what, what do you have over there
1: all right so uh, I have a few a few things um, so the first I wanted is a quick one quick quick games news um, the famous Halo 2 e3 demo is going to be playable I'm gonna read this this is from IGN by uh, Ryan Dinsdale. 343 Industries is recreating the iconic E3 2003 Halo 2 demo in the Master Chief Collection as part of a larger modding project to revive cut content. The Earth City demo never made it to the final version of Halo 2, but was universally considered a spectacle at the time, with IGN saying there's little in the eight-minute demo that isn't worthy of awe. As outlined in a previous or in a Halo blog post, it's being made playable for the first time as part of the Dig Site project, which will also bring back pre-release content from the original Halo Combat Evolved. This will include a ton of different assets, including previously unseen models, vehicles, NPCs, weapons, and even levels. Uh, Earth City headlines the package, though finally letting fans have a shot of the famous demo after nearly two decades. While 343 is definitely hoping to bring it to each version of the Master Chief Collection, it says it can't make promises about bringing it to console, which is a huge bummer, John. That's because it's a particularly difficult undertaking. This was not a trivial process, and we should probably layer on a whole page of caveats that come with taking a demo map for an engine that no longer exists and getting it to not blow up the current light mapper, the blog post said. The Master Chief Collection was released in 2014, but has received a pretty significant amount of post-launch support. Uh, In our our 9 out of 10 review, IGN said despite multiplayer troubles, Halo the Master Chief uh, Collection's classic campaigns are amazing examples of first person shooter done right i want to play it john
0: i mean that sounds awesome and i keep thinking in my head about like all of the the, like i mean even just with like even just talking about like skull and butts like vaporware where you're like this like vertical slice of a thing like of a demo or whatever that existed or exists somewhere like I, i want to play them all and then just didn't end up in the final game, or like maybe that game didn't even come out. It's just like, man, just I I want those those things for lots of different games, and it's so cool that three four three is like, all right, we're gonna do it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um. And they're even though they're like, yeah, it's yeah, it might be a little bit broken, <laughs> you know. They're like, it might be a little bit not polished, you know, that sort of thing. It's just interesting. I, I love it, dude.
1: Um, I think the last piece of news we have is, uh, Scott Snyder is going to debut three new comiXology original series in July. Um, this is all, yeah. Also from IGN. I didn't even know that there were, uh, comics, comiXology original series.
0: Yeah. They've been doing that for a little while. And like, whenever I, uh, have subscribed to comiXology, I'll like try one out and stuff. And there's some good ones on there, man. Um, yeah.
1: So this is a uh, an article again from IGN uh, by Jesse Shedin. Shedin. Uh, Scott Snyder has become one of the most recognizable names in the in the comic book industry thanks to his best selling work on titles like Batman and Justice League. But lately, Snyder has been focusing his efforts on his personal imprint, Best Jacket Press, and a new wave of creator owned comics. Just in time for Comic Con, Snyder is set to launch a new trio of digital first books as part of the Comicsology Originals program. Uh, let's, the the first two books. Let's see here, Barnstormers is one of them, and Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine. Um, and I'm trying to see, do they have the third one listed here? I don't think they do. it Does not look look like it.
0: I wonder. I mean, because like, okay, so I'm looking at an article here from Comics Beat, um, from 2021, and it says Scott Snyder inks a massive deal with Comicsology Originals. Um, uh, writer Scott Snyder has signed a deal with Comixology originals that see him set to cl- uh, and a set of collaborators, both new and old, to publish eight different titles on the platform ahead of uh, physical releases from Dark Horse Comics. So I mm. guess like the original series, like it doesn't have to necessarily only be on uh, on comicsology. like but it's f- it's there first in uh, you know, I wonder how long it takes them to come to Dark Horse Comics. Interesting. I don't know. It Um, was interesting. But they they listed, at the time, they listed Barnstormers as one, but they didn't have any, like, um, it just basically gives the premise of, like, a high-flying adventure just after the First World War, you know? Um, And then uh, we have Book of Evil. Um, There's one called Canary that has a series of, like, six shooter revolvers uh, and, like, a skull and a train. It looks kind of like a cowboy-esque story or, like, a Wild West story. Yeah. which looks like the cover looks cool. Then there's clear, which is already out. Um, Duck and cover, which I believe is already out. Um, Dudley Datsun. And they talk about night of the ghoul, which looks interesting. Looks like kind of like a uh, world war two zombie esque kind of a thing. Mm. um and then demons is another one so <laughs> yeah like and that's that's it like that's the those are the ones that were listed so it's yeah they're they we you might be able to like figure out which third one is the third one or like at least have like an option of the two but uh but yeah dude i think the uh the barnstormers one like the art looks really cool the concept of it being like a uh romance after world war world war two and adventure story that sort of thing like, that seems super cool i love love me some uh some like biplanes um super cool stuff there dude um yeah,
1: that's cool that's awesome
0: the thing that stuck out to me about the the other one that you mentioned the dudley datson one um is the artist for that is uh jamal Eigel and uh and that artist has been doing like some Supergirl stuff, and that Supergirl stuff is like gorgeous, stunning art. Um nice. for the most recent like Supergirl stuff from them. So very exciting,
1: dude. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna check them out. I uh I like Scott Snyder a lot.
0: Yeah, and the the whole like Comixology original thing is uh is pretty cool because uh the Comixology unlimited subscription is really I would say it's 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 worth the the subscription fee for sure. Um Because like whenever whenever I've done it, it's like I'll read entire like runs of a thing where it's like okay, let's just read all of the uh, Darth Vader, like the all of the the. darth vader run of comics um and uh, you know while i'm there let me pick up some other stuff i think a lot of the tmnt stuff is on there right now and there's like so many different uh types of comics that are that are part of that in addition to some of these original ones the the fact that like they're they're funding these kind of more creator uh owned ideas is also very cool i like that idea a lot so it's
1: awesome that's the news all right, John, it's now the main, the main topic. Um, so we've talked about in the, in the, the past few weeks um, how the, there was no E3 this year. Um, we were kind of concerned that there wouldn't be an E3 next year, but it seems like there will be. And uh, but it's going to be a little bit different, possibly. So I'm going to read this is a, an article by Joe Screbels from IGN. E3 2023 will be produced by the organizers of PAX and Star Wars Celebration. E3 organizer, the ESA, has announced that it will partner with ReadPop to produce E3 2023. ReadPop is best known for running the PAX, Star Wars Celebration, and New York Comic-Con events. The show will return in the second week of June 2023 and will take place in the now traditional home at the Los Angeles Convention Center. We had already heard that E3 will return next year as an online and physical event, but involving ReadPop marks a new approach for the show. No specific changes to the uh, usual makeup of the event have been revealed, but ReadPop Global VP of Gaming Kyle Marsden Kish promised in a press release that E3 2023 would be recognizably epic, a return to form that honors what's always worked while reshaping what didn't. Quote, it's a tremendous honor and privilege for ReadPop to take on The responsibility of bringing E3 back in 2023. With the support and endorsement of the ESA, we're going to build a world-class event to serve the global gaming industry in new and broader ways than we already do at ReadPop through our portfolio of world-leading events and websites. That was from uh, ReadPop President Lance Finsterman. In recent years, the ESA has been criticized for some of its organization of E3 from leaking personal details of attendees to the wholesale cancellation of this year's event. In recent years, ReedPop has organized multiple hybrid events and will no doubt be looking to bring that expertise to gaming's traditional biggest stage. Quote, We are thrilled to bring back E3 as an in-person event with ReadPop, a global leader in producing pop culture events. The past three years have confirmed that E3 con- convenes our industry like no other event, ReadPop brings world-class talent and a keen understanding of the video game industry, which will serve to enhance the E3 experience for years to come, said ESA President Stanley Pierre-Lewis. The ESA says confirmed exhibitors will be announced in the months to come. In recent years, many companies have begun to hold their own digital showcases. PlayStation has not been a part of E3 for several years, while Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest has sought to offer a multi platform summer showcase. It will be fascinating to see how these newer shows interact with E3 2023 if they do at all. Wild.
0: Dude, I like it's interesting that we're that it, earlier this year it was like, okay, no E3 this year, and then they were like, but we're gonna have one next year, and we're like, okay, that seems that seems strange. Um, and now, just like comp- like they're hiring just a completely external company uh, to 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 basically put on E three, um, and so like that's that that's just such a big big shift and big change. Um, I'm very fascinated by it, man. I, I will have to see where it ends up because, like to me, it's like okay, well, the the their repertoire of other events are more. Um, consumer focused like they're they're less like closed off to the industry it's always like hey you know let's bring in to sell as many public tickets as we can and, you know, pack this place out with, 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 uh, with public people. Whereas E3 has always traditionally like really limited those, uh, public tickets. Like, I think there was only like a a few thousand of them, uh, like 2000 of them, uh, the the one year. And then before that, it was like, no, you really had to be associated with a, uh, some sort of a, a gaming outlet or a retailer. Um, And so, like, it's just interesting. So, for this, the shift of this trade show to become a consumer show is what it seems like is going to happen with it. Um, and to be honest, like, I feel like that's great. That's, that's like it, like, that's, that's fine. Um, if that's how it has to, has to be to survive, like, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Um, how do you feel about it like what's the you know what's what's your take on that whole situation?
1: yeah i mean well this is the thing like i i definitely think it's a good move i mean we've kind of um i mean uh, the the i think the industry has been able to pivot um for the most part like in terms of game. Coverage like they're they there the industry is going to cover games no matter how you do it. Now I think like sure. wh- who it really hurts in the end or has hurt not having e three are the the publishers and maybe not even like the bigger publishers but we're talking like smaller publishers that like mm. I mean they need the 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 exposure that something like e three brings like no one's like people aren't going to come mm. you know like to see. Specifically, just like the indie showcase, you think about like I think multiple people have tried to do indie showcases over the years, and like it's a great, great effort. It's not knocking what they've done, it's just like, but there's no nothing to attract like uh, the attention of mass numbers of people the way that like larger publishers can. And so, if you can get the larger publishers there, and if you can create something that people want to attend in a huge way, you think mm-hmm. about like the coverage that Comic Con gets. And the the panels that and the information that comes out of there, um, if you can duplicate that for the video game industry and Comic Con is a large, it's, it's not an industry event. That's a consumer facing event. Right. But so right. many things get get uh, announced there. Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. n- amazing event that people like travel from all across the globe for. Like that's if they can if they can do the same kind of thing
0: mm-hmm. with
1: with E three man like this could be bigger and better than it's ever been mm-hmm. um and st- and and honestly probably attract back people like PlayStation who were like hey we don't need this anymore it's just a bunch of press we can invite them to our headquarters if we want to like and they'll show up because we're big enough to uh but but I think if they can like okay now we're engaging with fans this is a fan uh focused event and we're getting fans excited about what we're doing and they're going to tell their friends and it's going to be this huge huge event like i could see this um really really like gradually like maybe not even gradually but like just morphing into something that uh it it has probably needed to be for for a while
0: yeah yeah i mean and and yeah, if you can get those those big people back. You mentioned that, like, hey, you know, the, the kind of middle tier or, like, uh, indie publishers – like suffer a lot and yeah I could see that too from a perspective of like if you can show of uh, an indie game at an indie showcase all day long right like and it's like okay that looks kind of cool but like the big thing is if you can get people to put their hands on it and so like being at a an, a, an event like a pax or an event like you know what what you know E e three or whatever like that it would you can get people's hands on it and and be kind of in, in front of more people. And so, like, if you open up the doors for the public, like, you can potentially be in front of even more people. So I feel like it's a uh, – you're right. Like, it's over the years there's been a lot of kind of this, like um, – move away from e3 from the big people because like they don't need it and the indie people are like no we kind of need this we need the, the 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 connections we need the 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 hands on our games for people to to experience them and be able to go out and say hey have you tried this indie game that no one's heard of yet um and so if they can kind of you know bring back the 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 big ones and um in order to help, kind of those uh those middle tier and, and lower games, like I feel like it's a it's a win 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 win. You know, it's like a, I don't see how this could go worse than it has before. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at. You know, it's like because you got to like you said, you got to do something, and they've almost waited too long to kind of make this shift in a lot of ways.
1: Well, they've gotten to the point, and I guarantee you that. Um, read pop is you know like has some kind of financial investment in this because I mean I think I honestly like the the ESA like are they they haven't done anything of substance over the past few years like there's no way they have enough money really and I don't know that they like that, that they've been confident that they they alone and under their own power could uh, attract enough exhibitors and press and um, consumers back to the show. In a way where they could even sustain themselves, and so sure. it, like I think Reed Pop, they have the track record. They know what they're doing. Like they're like they're gonna. I, I think there's gonna be a lot more like things that you kind of expect from these kind of events now. Where like there's gonna be a lot more panels um, uh, with you know like fan favorite. Um, video game creators and mm-hmm. um, reveals and like I don't even know like I'm sure they're behind the scenes like working on all this stuff uh, creators you know from the uh, uh, like the the Twitch space and 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 things like that like mm-hmm. um, they are going to do things that will hopefully attract a lot of people to this and I think that's only good for for gaming that I think we've really felt the lack of that focus uh, over the past few years. I mean, I mean, I just like you know, it's great to see Microsoft get out there this year and you know show their their uh, games. But like, I'm not well, what's what is Ubisoft doing? What is EA doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know what are what are some smaller studios doing that you know are are gonna have some cool games? You just yeah. there's no way to surface that. Like, I know right now, I know more about what's coming to Disney Plus and Netflix than I do what's coming to uh, the video game landscape.
0: Yeah, that's a solid point. Because like, without that that big like tent pole kind of like, hey, here's your time to to say something, um, and and give everybody like the roadmap for what's happening. It just becomes like, well, I'll follow the ones, the handful of ones that I like super care about, but the ones that I like would potentially pop up on my, my radar for like one or two games, just don't ever pop up, and so. I just never find out about them or never, or I, I, if I have to go out of my way to get the random, like one or two things from a, from an EA press conference or from a, you know, a a Ubisoft press conference or whatever that would normally be like, Oh yeah, that's like, that's, I'm excited for that one game. Um, then it's just not going to happen. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm just not going to know about it. Um, and have to, have to find another way to, to get in front of me. And I don't know man it's 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 a hard prospect uh with whatever everything's so um saturated with with various showcases and um directs and you know various digital hey watch these trailers for 30 minutes uh every few weeks <laughs> right uh, but I'm pumped man. I think uh, yeah. I think it's
1: going to be good. I think it's going to be fun. Um I'm looking forward to it. it. Actually makes me excited about E3 next year. Um, in a way that I like haven't been in years.
0: Yeah. Yeah and the, and also if anybody ever was like, "Hey, you know, that's like on my, uh, you know, they'll they'll the dream list, the bucket list, whatever," <laughs> like you know, you might I'll have a tired. better shot at going, and now more than ever. Yeah, <laughs> you know definitely. what I mean? Well, yeah, like, because
1: before it was like there was a limited amount of consumer badges and like it was like a lottery system or yeah yeah like i feel like yeah like hopefully (laughs) you can just buy a ticket to this thing and go if you want to go
0: yeah dude i mean that's yeah that would be that would be awesome like if if just anybody who's just like hey i would i've always wanted to go to e3 like if anybody can just do that now that's great (laughs) yeah amazing go yeah just 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 go pick up and go All right, well,
1: um, that's it for this week. It's a shorter episode, but um, I feel like we covered some cool stuff. Chris, Um, Yeah,
0: we haven't talked about uh, the – I just realized I saw it sit on my floor here. I finally, after two some odd years, have gotten the collector's edition of the Scott Pilgrim video game from Limited Run Games.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Mine's mine's on the way. It has not uh, gotten – It hasn't arrived yet. It just – like, I just got the shipping. Here, let me see if I can check. Uh, it didn't it, like the shipping wasn't updating for a while. Mm. So describe what this is real quick. Have you opened it?
0: I have not opened it because like oh because I was kind of like I, I I was super busy, but I also I got two packages with it, and I was like super confused. Um, finally opened up both of the packages, and so I, but I just haven't unboxed the actual item. Um,
1: the it says, second box oh,
0: was was a vinyl. Um, I got the vinyl oh, nice. shipped separately from the actual box. Which is
1: weird because that's the thing we, we were waiting on the entire yeah. time.
0: They held off on shipping the entire order until both items were like ready but like then they ship them separately. It was very strange. Um, I, sh- I should get mine on Saturday. Dude, that's so exciting. This thing um, is really heavy and it... Like the box that it came in, the outer box, the, like the the, the just kind of normal cardboard cardboard looking box, it had like these foam inserts in it. So it's like a, I feel like it's just like a custom thing that it, they it would have been a, involved a situation of taking that box and putting it into a larger box. And so yeah, I, I can see why they wouldn't want to ship them like together but it's, it is just odd that they waited to ship this thing until the vinyl was was uh finalized and, and yeah and so ran.
1: uh so this is it's like a i forget what it is like it's like a, a 3d
0: Thing. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like so from sitting here, it looks like just a briefcase. It looks like a you know like a like a, a roadie case, like from yeah. for music, like because it's obviously like Scott Pilgrim, so like they're in a band. So it looks like that. Like it looks like you, something you would pack up your you know equipment into um, to go to a live show, and that's what the whole box looks like. It has a handle on it, has the like the the metal like casing on it. Um, it's like a flight case and it's, uh, it's super heavy and it's got like a, it's got a little standee in it. I think it's got like a little, like di- like where the, the pops out and it's like a display piece for my shelf. I'm also looking at my shelf thinking, I don't think that my shelf is necessarily high enough over there to fit this thing. So I got to figure out a way to display it. Nice. Um, anyway, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast whenever you get yours and I open this thing and we like kind of maybe maybe look look through them a little bit. So
1: Yeah, sounds great. All right. You can find us online at com on social at uh, Wright 250 and
0: John Wright 777
1: And at Stay in Target pod, please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay On Target. Target.